Thank you for visiting us. We want to welcome you, and that would be uh, our honor if you would do that for us. We would thank you so much for that. Well, today is Mother's Day, and we want to honor the mothers in our life. So much has changed this past year, but one thing has stayed the same. Our need for the mothers in our lives. When we're most weary, moms continue to nurture, encourage, and model selflessness. Mothers often seem to hold the world together. In big ways and small, we acknowledge all they, all you, do. Center stage and behind the scenes, tangible and intangible. We thank God for how you love and support. A care package of favorite things, a home-cooked meal, a note that makes us laugh, a full-bodied hug, a gentle word of advice, a clean house when we come home. We celebrate the young mothers who nurture their little ones with their own bodies, the mothers who dedicate their time to fostering the gifts of their children, the grandmothers who remember every birthday, the mother figures and godmothers who give of their resources time and laughter. In person or miles away, the mothers and mother figures in our lives bless us. And we're so grateful. You deserve more than one day of gratitude because you give of yourself every day in so many ways. Still, we pause today to acknowledge you and thank God for you. Happy Mother's Day. Well, happy Mother's Day. We're so grateful to have each one of you, those that are watching online. Happy Mother's Day to you. I'm glad to have my mother in the house today uh, with us and the mother of the house here, Sharon, with us. And today is a special day and others because I'm seeing another part of the vision that God has given me come to be. Years ago, God gave me a vision to have a teaching team. My viewpoint is, if you hear me all the time, you'll only hear my view of the scripture. you only hear it through my experience with the Lord. I wanted to have a teaching team that you could hear from different people speaking the word and sharing from their experience so that you could have a well-rounded uh, approach. You can hear the scripture from multiple viewpoints because I don't want to be limited to just me. And so today is the first day that we're launching that. And so, Leah, if you'll come, and St Sharon, if you'll stand over by me. So today we are starting. Uh, Leah Heflin is going to be the first member of our teaching team. And so we're going to release her into our teaching team this morning, and she's going to share the word this morning. So if you'll join with us, and we're going to pray over her this morning. So, Father God, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the gift that you've placed on Leah. We recognize it, Lord. We're not putting gifts on her. We're recognizing the gift that you've placed on her to teach the word of God, Lord, to instruct, Lord, to share from her heart. Lord, we release her today into the, the teaching pastor position. She's one of our teaching pastors, and God, we recognize there will be more coming. But God, she is launched today as one of our teaching pastors and Lord, we recognize her, and we call her, from now on, we call her Pastor Leah. And Lord, we just thank you for her, 
and we recognize the anointing, and we give you praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, help us, help us welcome Pastor Lee as she comes to teach. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, that's very humbling to um, be officially brought into, you know, the teaching staff and recognized as such. Um, it's really a privilege for me and, and a tall order, I think, as well, you know, that a lot of the, the things that we teach oftentimes are things that we're teaching to ourselves as well. Uh, I think Pastor James had alluded to that in the series that he started and a couple of uh, Sundays ago. But a lot of times, you know, just because you're up here teaching doesn't mean that you're perfect by any means uh, because we're all human. And so a lot of the things that I teach as well are going to be things that, you know, God's been speaking to me also. And so I feel like it's a message that, you know, everyone could relate to and, and uh, understand as well. And so we're going to continue the series that we started um, last week with Pastor James was Build, Plant, Live. And we started the, the uh, verses that we referenced were the 29th chapter of Jeremiah uh, 1 through 32, which it basically talks about, you know, letters to the Jews in captivity. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about uh, verses 1 through 5a. He wouldn't let me have the whole scripture, the verse, so I had to just do 5a. So <laughs> so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Before before I do that, though, I do, I also want to recognize, you know, the moms that are in the house today and, and tell you how much you are appreciated and especially uh, thankful to have my mom as well on Mother's Day. We don't always get to be with her on Mother's Day because she lives up in the Dallas area, but I'm so thankful that she's been here not only today, but she's been here this whole week helping me to, uh, you know, do some spring cleaning and packing and things like that um, because we are, we are moving into a new house uh, the end of June, um, new to us, and so, um, you know, we've been searching for a house and what have you. And, you know, rightly, um, interestingly enough, the, the uh, uh, scripture today is really talking about uh, houses and homes. So I'm going to read uh, verses 29, uh, chapter 29 of Jeremiah, verse 1 through 5a. Now, these are the words of the letter which Jerusalem, uh, Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders of the exile, the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse 2 says... This was after King uh, Jeconiah and the queen mother, the court officials, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. Verse 3, the letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, the son of Shadfun, and Jemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Jedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse 5a, build houses and live in them. So build houses and live in them. When you think about that scripture, when I first started looking at that scripture and Pastor James had uh, given me today um, in this series to teach, I thought, build houses and live in them. That's not a whole lot. But then as I started to kind of delve into it and study, you know, I thought, wow, there's a lot more than can be covered in a 45-minute session so when you talk about building and then houses and then living you know um, there's a lot that can be uh, brought into that and so um, I want to talk about you know houses and homes so you know a house is you know this basically this frame the you know the structure right but 
what comes to mind when you think about home, what thoughts, feelings, emotions come to mind? Think about that. When you think of home, what does that mean to you? And how does that make you feel? Or what is that? what are the memories that come to mind? I know for me, you know, home is a positive thing, right? Home is, you know, not only some place that I was raised, but it's where I live today, and it's a positive thing. I recognize that sometimes that's not always the case. You know, we, we a lot of times we say, well, home is where the heart is, right? Everybody's heard that saying, home is where the heart is. Um, and that can mean, you know, very positive things. And, and then you also have heard home sweet home, right? And then, you know, home is a place that you go to that really feels um, positive and feels like that's where you belong. And, of course, you know, everyone knows, you know, the Dorothy Wizard of Oz, there's no place like home, right? Click your heels, no place like home, no place like home, trying to get back to, you know, that home and that feeling that she had there. So what's the difference between a house and a home? Talked about the house is the structure. A house is made of bricks and beams. A home is made of hopes and dreams. That's another statement, right? Hopes and dreams. So whether you had a positive experience of home uh, to this point in your life or not, this can be the start of developing that home and, and creating that home. There was a, an interesting saying that actually my mom read to me off of uh, Facebook, so there are some positive things on Facebook. And it said, um, you are not responsible for the kind of home you grew up in, but you are completely responsible for the kind of home your kids grow up in. If your parents messed up, choose to break the cycle and do it better for your own kids. And that can mean, you know, your biological kids. It can mean, you know, those that you may be raising or those that, you know, maybe you're an aunt and an uncle uh, to, you know, some kids or even just anybody that comes to your home. You can choose to create that atmosphere that godly atmosphere, that positive atmosphere, whereas when people come into your home, they actually feel the presence of God, and they feel the peace. You know, we used to always, I loved going home. You know, when I went to college, I always loved coming back and going home because it just felt so peaceful, and I would, you know, rest so much better at home, and my mom used to get upset, and she'd say, I don't know why you even bother coming home. You just sleep the whole weekend, and I'm like, well, it's so peaceful. It's so restful. You know, I don't have responsibilities to think about and all of that. And so I was just, you know, it would just, like, make me relax. And so it was always a place of, of uh, you know, peace and comfort. And, you know, a lot of times when I was growing up, we would have, you know, my dad was a pastor. And, you know, I remember falling asleep to the sounds of people that mom and dad were counseling around the kitchen table. You know, my, my room was down the hallway, and so I could just barely hear, you know, voices. But... To this day, I can turn something on and just hear voices slightly, and it puts me right to sleep. <laughs> so, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, when, you're, when your home is a positive, you know, it's, it's made of hopes and dreams. When you make it, you can make it what you want to make it, right? And you can do that. Um, obviously, you know, Christ in some situations, whether you've, if you had a bad uh, situation growing up and your home was not positive, uh, you may need to look to others as examples of what is a positive outlook. What does a positive home look like? Um, and one of the things that, you know, we also know that sometimes there's unwanted guests that can come to your house, right? You build your house, and it looks like, you know, everything is great and wonderful, although this one may look a little crooked, but that's just because of the foundation we've got it on, right? 
But, you know, I'm going to do it this way because I don't want to hit that one. You know, there's things that come, things that happen to your in your house. Unwanted guests. Well, maybe this isn't going to work. Unwanted guests that come into your house, um, whether they're invited or not, you can have, like, critters that come into your house and start working on that foundation, right? You can have, uh, you know, snakes or sometimes flies or sometimes rodents that aren't welcomed and unwelcome guests that come into your house. <laughs> I see several people shaking, oh, yeah, Lord, yeah, Lord. Um, and then there's sometimes that you've invited people that you think are wanted in your house, but they're predators. You didn't know, right? And that's not something that you can do much about, right? You know, you think that this person is a good person, but then they wind up being a predator. And that starts eating away at the foundation, right? But, you know, sometimes those unwanted guests can come, but then again, we can build, we can build our houses and live in them. So we can build this foundation, and then we can go ahead and we can also, um, you know, patch over those areas. Uh, And God has given us, you know, the ability to not have to dwell on what's in our past, in our past lives, right? Because he said, and I should have brought a covering to cover this over, he basically said that, you know, once you receive Christ as your Savior, it's as if none of this even happened, right? No holes in your foundation, no holes in the home. Your past is is not something that he sees, and we recognize that our past can also um, have impact on our personalities and our lives and how we react to things. You know, I know for me, there's, you know, certain triggers um, that something will happen, and it's a trust thing, right? And it triggers me. And even in, you know, current relationships, it could be from past relationships, something will trigger me, and and I'll say something to Don, and he's like, why did you respond like that? And I have to recognize that. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. That was a a trust thing that got triggered by, you know, either something he said or something he did or whatever that in a past relationship would have been, would have been indicating something negative. But, you know, he was just being, you know, uh, playful or, you know, just making a joke or whatever. And so we have to recognize that those things that happened in our past are going to affect us. But, you know, when we're saved, Jesus says, you know, that he has pretty much removed all of those things, that he he basically cleanses us, um, and we are made whole. So we can be made whole, not only our physical body as a home, but our our actual uh, physical house can be something that we turn around I know there's been people, you know, who have uh, lived, you know, a rough life, and then they turn around their life, give their life to, to Christ and turn around their life, and then being around them is a different story, right? You feel different being around them. You can tell something's different. The countenance changes or what have you. Um, and so, you know, God did not in, intend for uh, his chosen ones to, to put up a temporary tent and be insecure about when things were going to change either. He said, build houses and live in them. Right, and some of us are living day to day unsure uh, about what even the next day or week is going to hold. And God's word says to be ready and vigilant for His coming, but it also says that we are to be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, and so we don't have to live a life that is uncertain. I remember when I was in college, every year I knew what was going to happen the next year, you know, because I was going to go back and and have another year in college, and that happened, you know, three years. And then the fourth year, I started in the fall, and I started thinking about, okay, well, 
I don't know what's going to happen next year. Every year up until that point, I knew what was going to happen. I was going to come back and, and register and take classes, and, you know, that was going to be what happened for me. And then as my senior year went on, I got more and more anxious because I wasn't sure what that fifth year was going to be like. What's going to happen once I graduate? I don't know. And I was a little anxious about it. And even when I uh, was going through my student teaching, you know, in the, in the spring of, of uh, my senior year, it was just that not knowing was kind of gnawing at me. And I didn't realize how much it was gnawing on me until I, I you know, come to, you know, someone just pointed out the fact that I was just so, I was just so, you know, on edge and, and all the time. And I was really anxious about it. And so, you know, I had to recognize that, you know, I may not know what's going to happen next year. And because I've always said, you know, this is my plan for my life. I'm going to, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. Well, this part didn't necessarily work out. But I mean, you know, I did everything that I had planned up to uh, finishing college. And then I was going to teach, right? That was my plan. Well, I didn't have a, I didn't have a job lined up for teaching by the time I finished college. And so I moved back home with mom and dad. Well, I started doing um, substitute teaching in the um, area schools that were around there. And I actually wound up getting a pretty much full-time job because one of the teachers was going to be out on maternity leave. And so they asked me to take that position and teach the rest of the year. So that gave me exposure and, and uh, um, it gave me, you know, um, experience. And then the next year I was in a teaching job, you know, and I, I taught that year and was very busy and, you know, was uh, 7.30 to 11 at so, uh, o'clock at night sometimes because, you know, if you're coaching or, or sponsoring things, you've got to be, you know, be there early in the morning and got to go to all the events and all that. Of course, that was before I was married, so, you know, I had all the time in the world to <laughs> go and be wherever. But that, you know, I realized that was not something that I was necessarily going to want to continue doing the rest of my life. Um, and I always say that life circumstances kind of took me elsewhere, even though I thought that that was my dream and that was my goal. And I thought, okay, this, this is not going to happen now after, after the first year of full, full-time teaching. And so, you know, life circumstances kind of took me elsewhere. But, you know, I couldn't see in the future. I couldn't see why things were working out the way that they were. But, you know, 10 years down the road or 15 years down the road, you turn around and you look and you can see the hand of God and everything, and you can see, okay, this wasn't necessarily what I had planned, and this is not necessarily how I thought it should go, uh, but I can see how he used things in my life that I thought were imperfections or bad decisions that I had made, how he used those things to get me in the right position at the right time to be able to, uh, you know, have a job that was, you know, really aligned with my passion in life, and so, you know, I'm very thankful to be at this point in time in my life, not to say that I have arrived or anything, but I have found something that I'm very passionate about and that I enjoy doing. Um, and I know that God has a lot more in store. And so I just want to encourage everyone that when God says to build, he says to build houses, he means to build, you know, firm foundation structures, you know, things that are uh, a firm foundation and that can, cannot be swayed and not a tent, not a straw thatch house or what have you, but it's something that is firm uh, that is going to be uh, around for a while because he goes on to say that, you know, we are to live. He wants us to not only build the houses, but he wants us to live in them. And, you know, a lot of times that <clears throat> we are thinking that, you know, we'll, we'll wait till so-and-so happens or we'll wait till this happens or till that happens and then we're going to really live. But, you know, 
God is telling us today, I, I believe in these scriptures, he's like, live now, right? And it's not necessarily like sometimes um, dad used to always say that his family was kind of a chicken today, feathers tomorrow kind of mentality, you know, when they were growing up. And it's not necessarily, you know, that mentality of live it up now because you never know what's going to happen. It is live for Christ now, live in his presence and 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 be thankful and enjoy his presence. Enjoy what God has given to you or, you know, the situation, the circumstances that you're in. You know, I, I've known people that have had um, have had jobs that were six-figure jobs, and they were just so miserable. And then you see someone else that actually has, uh, you know, a blue-collar job, manual labor, and they're out in the elements every day, and they just love their job, and they just can't get, you know, wait to get up and go to their job and what have you. And you think, you know, what is wrong with this picture? Like, nothing. It's just that one person is thankful and enjoys what they're doing and is thankful to God for that, and the other person, you know, is just is not. It's not seeing what, what could they learn in every situation. And that's one of the things that I've also learned is that when you're in a situation that you think, I don't know why this is happening, I don't know why I'm experiencing this, you know, you really have to train yourself to think, okay, there's got to be a reason that this is going on. There's got to be a reason that I'm going through this. So let me try to learn that lesson earlier than later, right? Because we want to know what what is that lesson? Lord, God, what are you teaching me in this situation? What am I needing to learn? What am I needing to grow? And sometimes it may be patience, right? And, uh, you know, that's not always a, a, a popular thing is to say, you know, Lord, give me patience. And then when he starts, uh, you know, giving things in your way or, or giving you things that are causing you to have patience, then you're like, Lord, help me out of this, you know, and he's like, well, wait, you wanted patience, and I'm trying to give you patience and teach you patience, but then we uh, say, Lord, I, you know, I don't want this to happen to me, so if you're a child of God, that meaning that you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you know what your future holds, as we read uh, last week that Jeremiah 29:11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope, so you have a future and you have hope, you know, you know, even though you may not know, like you may have lost your job and you may not know what, what uh, is going to happen there, but you know that God has given you a future, that God has given you hope, and that hope and faith a lot of times is what will carry you through. You know, so let's live, let's live the life that God has intended for us to live. And um, our home has a firm foundation, and we know that God has promised us a future and a hope. So, you know, why wouldn't we live a fulfilling and fruitful life? Deuteronomy 8.3 says, And he humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So, you know, we don't live by bread alone or manna, um, but we live by every word uh, that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. And so, you know, you got to get into the Bible to see what those words are. But Jesus quoted the latter part of this in Matthew 4 and 4 when he was uh, tempted by Satan after he'd been fasting and praying for 40 days and nights, and he became hungry, the Scripture says. And then, um, you know, Satan said, well, if you're, you know, if you're really who you say you are, then make these stones into bread. And that's when Jesus said, you know, quoted Deuteronomy and basically the last half said man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord and that can be powerful for us Romans 1 16 through 17 says for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God 
for salvation to everyone who believes, and to the Jews first and also the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. And that is quoting uh, Habakkuk 2 and 4. We used to say you know, tobacco when we were kids, but anyway. Uh, that's from Habakkuk 2 and 4. So Paul is emphasizing that one can be righteous in God's eyes only through faith. He who is just through faith shall, li- shall live now and forever. So living by faith, and we have hope in our future as well. So as a child of God, we can live knowing that we have been redeemed and that uh, we can be more than conquerors through Christ. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and delivered himself up for me. So when he says live, you know, and he means to live life to the fullest, he means to, you know, if you accept Christ, that he lives in you, and the, and the life that you knew before is not the same now, um, but you live by faith in the Son of God. So we're living by faith. We're living with hope. The crucifixion with Christ means death to separation from the reigning power of the old sinful life and freedom to experience the power of the resurrection life of Christ by faith. And that, that struck me. You know, experience the power of the resurrection life. We talk about live, live in this house, build this house, make it a home, and live. Live, experience the power of the resurrection life. You know, when you think about the power that has been given to us, you know, once we're saved, um, you know, we're Christians, and that we have the same power that Christ exhibited uh, in the New Testament. We have that ability. We're free from sin. Romans 6, 5 through 7 says, For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is free from sin. So we live a life of faith. We live a life of hope. We can live a life free of sin. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, it, it's impossible for us to be perfect. And I'm like, yes, we are not perfect, but we should strive to not sin, right? We should strive to live a sin-free life. And so that is uh, where we get that scripture from is like, you know, it's not just a, you know, confess your sins and, and on Sunday and then go live like the devil the rest of the week and then come confess your sins again, right? It is a continual effort to live like Christ because he has redeemed us. Um, when he died on the cross and his resurrection actually gave us the power that we need to live every day and we have that resurrection power and we can experience that power of the resurrection when we as we're living free from sin and we're living by faith and we have the power to overcome acts 1 8 says but you shall receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and in john 14 verse 6 it says the holy spirit is referred to as helper the Greek word is parakleti, and the root of the word are the ideas of advising, exhorting, comforting, strengthening, interceding, encouraging. All of those things. Think about it. That's how, as we live our life, we have the power. You know, with the Holy Spirit, we have the power. We have. He's not only a helper, but that helper also um, means various different things, like advising. We have an advisor. 
We have a built-in advisor. We have a built-in exhorter, right? So when we start feeling down, we can call upon the Holy Spirit to help us to feel, um, you know, positive and to, and to start seeing things in a different light. Um, and that's the exhorter. The comforter, right? Comforter, when things happen, you know, to us and we don't understand it and, and there's things that we feel and we don't understand, then we can call upon the comforter, that right? The Holy Spirit can be our comforter and comfort us through certain situations, right? And so we're living that um, resurrection life, the power of the resurrection, strengthening us, interceding, and encouraging us. So we have a life of faith. We have a life of hope. We have a life free from sin. We have uh, the power to overcome things. And so as we build our houses and live, you know, it is, it is uh, to live is to live in Christ, free from sin, to have faith, to have hope, to have, uh, you know, strength, the helper, exhorting, comforting, all of those things. So, you know, those people who do not, uh, do not ask Christ into their lives and don't live, you know, with a Christ-centered life, you know, they, they have no hope, right? They have no faith, and, and it, they have no, you know, no comforting necessarily. And so a lot of times, you know, we as Christians can be that on their behalf, and we can show them that because we are Christians and we live the Christian life, that we can comfort them, that we can exhort them, right? That a lot of us have, you know, different giftings uh, in a lot of ways, too, that not only the Holy Spirit, but you have a gifting uh, given as part of your personality. You know, we talk about our, our mom, we talk about when she's not even here, we'll talk about her when she is here, you know, like a helper, right? She is, um, she has kind of a, a gift of, of uh, helping and serving, yeah, where she actually at her home church um, does all of the things like, you know, gets the coffee ready and the donuts and gets everything set up and greets people and, you know, it's just that, that face of Christ and that face of the church to people that come in that may not know, you know, Christ and can see that love and that uh, comfort. And so, you know, even even uh, your home can be a comfort. You yourself can be a comfort, can be an exhorter to those around you. So, you know, as, as we start celebrating or continue celebrating our Mother's Day today, I want to encourage you all to build your homes, your houses, right? Think about what that house is exemplifying. It's on a firm foundation. Things may come and go, and things may try to eat away at that firm foundation. But, you know, with Christ, we have everything that we need to live and to live a fruitful life and to live, you know, a life free from sin, with faith, with that hope. We have that hope for and we have a future that God has said. You have a future. He says, I know the plans I have for you. You have a future, right? And so we can hold on to that a lot of times um, as we go through our lives. So let's build houses or homes that are peaceful, comforting, uplifting, and live the power of the resurrection, knowing that we can overcome anything that comes our way. And I want to just go ahead and uh, bow our heads in prayer. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity this morning to preach your word. Lord, I thank you for the word that you've given. Thank you, God, that we can build homes that are comforting because of you, Lord. And we thank you, God, for your son that you sent to die for us, to give us a hope, give us a future. And we thank you, God, that we can live a sin-free life and a life of power because of 
the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You know the scripture, Paul said, in him we live and we move and we have our being. And we can make him our home. We can make Christ our home. But we also, he says, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we can be a home. This house, he's, uh, he says that he doesn't live in a house made with hands. He lives in a house of flesh. And we can have him living in our in our spirits. We can have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And we are to make him our the tabernacle, let him tabernacle. That word tabernacle, it's an old term, but it means to to reside. It means to to kind of hover. It means to just kind of hang around. And so he wants to tabernacle. He wants to abide, the scripture says, he wants to abide with us. And so we can do that. We can take this house that he built and we can make it a home for him. And if that's and if this morning you have not done that, if this morning you haven't taken the opportunity to invite the Lord Jesus Christ to make himself at home in your life and in your heart, then I want to give you that opportunity because once he does, you can, like, like Pastor Leah said, you can have that Holy Spirit that is the helper, that is the, the, the advocate, the one that comes alongside of us. It's like a lawyer. Someone who comes along that pleads our case. Somebody that is, is there to, to lift us up. Somebody that is there to encourage us. You can have that Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit inside you. And Jesus said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. In the scripture, Jesus said, now I have been with you. Before he left the earth, he said, I've been with you. In other words, he said, I've been in your vicinity. I've been next to you. I've been around you. But he said, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send another one just like me. And he was talking about the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. And he said, he's going to be in you. And if you will ask Jesus into your heart and life this morning, if you will invite him into your life this morning, he wants to take up residence in your spirit, and he will be there and be your guide and be your comforter. And if that's you this morning, if you're in the house here or if you're online, no matter when you're watching, if you're watching live, you're watching the replay, years later, the Spirit of God knows no time or space. He lives in eternity. He sees you right where you are. If you're watching this video years years from when it's recorded, he still is pulling at your heartstrings. He wants to come in. He wants to come in. And he wants to make your house his home. And if you'll do that this morning, if you'll repeat this simple prayer after me, if you'll say, Jesus, I give you my life. Just that simple, just that one line prayer, just say, Jesus, I give you my life. And if you prayed that prayer, if you repeated that prayer after me, then you have been born again. The scripture says you are now a new creation, a new species of being. Old things are passed away. She talked about how here there's chunks missing out of this foundation. But when you become a Christian, it's just like there's a whole new foundation put there. You're brand new. You're made new. That foundation is firm, firm again. You're not standing on shaky ground because you're standing on him. Christ is the solid rock I stand. All other ground in sinking sand. On Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, he is there for you. 
And he wants to be there for you. So listen, if you prayed that prayer with me, and you made the Lord Jesus your Lord and Master, and your Savior, and that don't freak out at that term Master. It, the Lord means the one that, that helps you and is over-guiding you. So if you did that this morning, would you do us a favor and go to our website, turnaround.church, and go to the bottom and click the card that says, I just received Jesus. Or if you're watching on Facebook, in the description of the video, there's a link. I just received Jesus. Click that. Fill out the information and include your mailing address. We want to drop ship a book to you called 10 Steps Toward Christ. I didn't write it, but it's a book that we feel like is a resource that you need in your life that will help you to know what to do next. If this is your very first time to ever ask God into your life, you need to know what to do next. We want to resource you with that. We want to put a book in your hands that's going to help you. It's not the Bible, but it is it's a, something to add to the Bible that you can use alongside it. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, I advise you to download the U version, Y-O-U version app. It's got every version of the Bible. It's got reading plans. It's got plans for new beginners. And in the book, 10 Steps, it'll give you a reading plan. It'll give you a devotion. It'll give you things that you need to do. If you just want a hard copy Bible and you don't have one, put that in the comments. We'll send you one of those as well. But we wanted to join with you. We want to partner with you. Those that made that decision this morning or whenever you're watching, we want to partner with you. We want to help you understand what it's like to be part of the body of Christ. And so we're so happy that you did that. We're happy that you joined us this morning. Well, listen, we have uh, enjoyed being in the presence of the Lord this morning. Such an awesome teaching from Pastor Leah, her first uh, message as one of our teaching pastors. Again, we're going to be adding more to the teaching team as God provides. This is the vision that I have, that I want people to hear the Word of God from different people so that you can have a well-rounded viewpoint, not only... Because something I say sometimes might speak to you, but something that she says sometimes will speak to you. And I want to be able to have a broader approach for people to understand and to hear uh, what God is saying how, and how he speaks through different people. Listen, he talks to us all differently. I don't, I don't know about you, but I've been in services before. I've been in, in meetings before when the preacher was speaking. And, in fact, I've, I've done this before. I've been speaking and I've been preaching and after service, somebody will come up to me and they'll say, oh, I tell you what, it just ministered to my spirit when you said so-and-so. And I know good and well I didn't say that. But the Holy Spirit took what I said and he interpreted it to the way they, they needed it. See, that's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He can take the Word of God, and that's why the Word of God is alive. This same book that's been write, written over thousands of years through through different, all the different uh, writers, it, it's just it's interesting how he can take this word and he can apply it to our lives. See this book in Jeremiah. This was written in in the 700s BC, okay? In like 798 BC was when he wrote this letter. 705 BC when he wrote this letter to the to the Israelites to Judah. It's still applicable to us today. We can still apply it to our lives. And the Holy Spirit can apply it generations later to somebody who can't, who is not living life the way they lived it, but he can interpret it to us. So that's what the Word of God is good, and we're so grateful, and we're so excited about that. Listen, we, uh, we're glad to have you with us this morning. We're thankful that you joined us. Listen, 
part of the of the the life of Christian life, part of the Christian life, part of being in relationship to God is you start reflecting the nature of God. And you start reflecting his nature. And part of his nature is he's generous. We know in John 3:16 it said for God so loved that he gave. That's how he expressed his love. Now he wasn't buying our love, he was buying us back. But we can give, we can act like God and we can be generous and give and then God says, and when you give, you shall receive. Now, we don't give to get, but we get because we give. And so we're so excited about that. If you want to help us this morning with what's going on, if you uh, in the house, you want it's time to give your tithes and offering. We have a, a giving receptacle in the foyer, and there's envelopes there. You can put your name and the amount on there and put your check or cash or what have you in there. Don't put any chickens or anything like that. Just put cash or checks, whatever. Pastor Eugene was showing me his new chickens this morning, so uh, I didn't want him to put that new chick in there. Bring me eggs. Don't bring me the chick. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you can do that. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, you can go to our Facebook page and click the Shop Now button, and that'll take you to our giving platform. Again, we didn't put Donate on there because it goes through Facebook. They don't keep anything, but it takes six months to get to us. So we'd like to have the money now, not then. And so uh, that'll do that. You can go to our website, turnaround.church, and click the Giving tab. It'll take you to the exact same platform. Fill out the few pieces of information you can give with your credit or debit card or with an ACH. Now, see, the way that most of us give, the way most of us give in here is that we take our phone, and we go to our messaging application, and we text the dollar amount, just no symbols, no words, no, just the dollar amount to 84321. And when you do that the first time, you'll get a link, and that link will take you, and you have to just, you have to select Turnaround Church because several churches use the platform, and then you'll fill out a few pieces of information, again, either your credit, debit card, or ACH. Uh, just a point of reference, ACH is cheaper for us, but it doesn't matter. If you want to give, you give. Um, and then once you give, the cool thing about it is the next time you want to give, you put the dollar amount, 84321, send, and then you get a link with the receipt, and it's just that fast. So anytime you want to give and tithe, you can do that. Also, we have people that give on Venmo. Believe it or not, so I had a, gen a gentleman send me a, a message on a Facebook Messenger and said, uh, I want to give, but I can only give through Venmo. I didn't ask why. I just said, okay. So I created a Venmo account, and he gave on Venmo. So it's just at Turnaround Church. On Venmo is our handle, at Turnaround Church. And so you can give that way. Now, if you want to go old school and you want to lick a stamp and you want to lick an envelope and put a check in there or money order, you go right ahead. It's P.O. Box 1506, Cedar Park, Texas, 78630. Again, one five P.O. Box 1506, Cedar Park, Texas, 78630. And if you don't get it before it goes off the screen, it's at the foot of every page of our website, okay? you can Our physical address and our mailing address is there. And so we just make that available to you. Listen, we're so excited that you've decided to join us here in the house. We just love being with you guys here at home. Uh, love seeing you guys, seeing your smiling faces, and uh, loving on you, eating donuts with you. Uh, that's that's the fun, really fun part. But anyway, and those of you that's joined us online, we're excited that you've taken time. And if you've watched this far, good for you. You've, you've gone this far. 
And so we're excited that you've joined us. Listen, reach out to us. Again, if you've not uh, reached out to us, please click, go to the website and click the I'm new and fill out our e-connection card so we can have a record of your visit. We'll just reach out to you. Make ourselves available to you. Uh, if you need anything, you can reach out to us. If you're within an hour's distance, that's what I'm going to say. If you're within an hour's distance of Cedar Park, please come visit us. Uh, 304 West Whitestone Boulevard in Cedar Park. We're on the west side of Bell Avenue, three blocks west. We're right next door to J&J Barbecue. If anybody needs to know where we are, say they're right next door to J&J Barbecue. Everybody knows where that's at. In fact, this week we had our National Day of Prayer. Two, week, two years ago when I went to my first one in Cedar Park, I was telling everybody, they said, oh, where are you from? And I told them the name of the church, and they said, where's that? I said, so 304 West Whitestone. They said, there's a church over there? And I'm going, yes, there is a church over there. And they're all, they're all trying to picture a church. And I said, we're next to J&J Barbecue. Oh, yeah, we know exactly where you're at. You know, so it's like, okay, if you've got to have a landmark, you've got to have a landmark. Uh, and Wal- Walton Way, the Walmart drive, ends right, drives right into our parking lot. So come see us at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Come at 1030. You can have donuts and coffee or water, what have you, and visit with us. We'd love to have you. Come see us, and uh, we'd be excited to visit with you, make ourselves available to you. All right. I'm going to bless you before we go. So if you want to receive the blessing, put yourself in a receptive posture. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. May you know that if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water that your leaf will not wither. And whatever you do, it shall prosper. Thanks. We'll see you guys next time.